Vera Payne. Resigning is a valid option for employees who are unhappy with their job or their bosses. It's not something to be taken lightly. However, we have now entered into an age of great resignation, where people are resigning at a fast rate. Author, customer, and employee experience expert Joseph Michelli is here to explain why this is happening now. Thanks for joining me, Joseph. My pleasure, Mason. Thank you. So tell me, when did the great resignation start? Well, the accepted answer is April of 2021. But in truth, it was starting as soon as companies start shedding jobs at the beginning of the pandemic. You know, in the, in the early days, companies were saying, hey, we need to get people off the payroll. We're freezing. We're laying off. We're furloughing. And then, lo and behold, 18 months later, people aren't coming back and people are saying, I really don't want to do this job anymore. And so now they're scrambling to fill, you know, just oodles of positions. So why now? Why do you think that a lot of people are deciding that this is the right time to leave their job? I think, it, you know, probably every generation has one of these big take your job and shove it sort of moments. Certainly in the 1960s, people left their jobs far more frequently than they did in the last 20 years. So the United States has been a place particularly where people have stayed in jobs because there really wasn't a safety net. The economic position of a lot of people weren't uh, you know, good enough for them to just leave a job and have something underneath them to carry them to a job that might be better. So they normally stayed with a job until a new option appeared. So now there's a lot of people who need people. And there's a lot of folks who did a great purpose reset during the pandemic and said, geez, I'm not so sure that this is what I want to be doing with my life. And I'm going to look for some other options, maybe more virtualized, maybe more in keeping with my passion. But this is the time for people who have a little extra money in their bank account. And many people are better with economic support that has been around to take this risk. Now, when it comes to these resignations, do you think that the fault lies with companies and their culture or the employees and being, I don't know, they expect too much? No, I think it's it's a balanced issue, right? I mean, this is always a social contract between employees and employers. And there are times in history where the social contract favors the employer and times when it favors the employee. And we're right now in a time where it favors the employee. And the power is shifted to, to the employee for negotiating different terms and conditions of their employment. Many of us have gotten into different lifestyles because we have worked from home. We've been able to take our kids to various activities that we couldn't have done otherwise. We kind of like it and we'd like to negotiate our way back into employment under those terms. And there are definitely enough jobs out there that I have the potential to find somebody who's willing to work on my hybrid lifestyle when somebody else might not. So which type of jobs are being affected the most? Well, there's certain sectors that are just getting hammered, right? So if you uh, look at the research from the U.S. Bureau of Labor and Statistics, leisure and hospitality is just continually taking it. Trades and transportations and utilities, professional business services are all up there. It, you know, you're really carrying it on down through education and healthcare and, and some in manufacturing, not so much in government. So let's say manufacturing, you said that one. So manufacturing, when, you know, it's now a lot of people quit, where are those people going? Did they go somewhere else? What kind of, uh, what went up? Well, so in some areas of the country, what you're seeing is people resigning and there's a lot of employment going on. So really, this isn't all that different than the traditional unemployment cycles, right, where people, they find better willful opportunities out there in the marketplace and they know there are plenty of them out there. We're seeing that a lot in the southern part of the United States, for example. But in other parts of this, this equation, what you're seeing is people who are saying, 
geez, you know, I'm not making that much from a manufacturing job and it's really hard and the hours are really rigorous. I could be working for another employer in a different industry for more in a career where they might train me to be in the building trades, for example. And so I'm going to retool. I'm going to find something I think I'm going to enjoy more and make the same amount of money, if not more. So people are re-educating themselves or just going into a different field. Is it limited to what state? Which one is like the worst? Well, there's definitely some geographic differences. So if you, you take a look around the country right now, there's you know a lot going on in the South in terms of reshuffling the deck. And there's also some stuff going on you know in the West. The highest quit rates as a percentage of total employment are Wyoming, Montana, Nevada, Colorado, and Alaska. So a lot of people are quitting in those areas. You're not seeing as much, say, in New York or New Jersey or Pennsylvania. But they have a, you know, a lot of higher rates in Alaska, Nevada, Montana. So that's clearly a part of it. And again, in the South, you know, most of the, the, the data says that the South and the West and the Midwest are where people are quitting and then looking for other jobs and finding a lot of them. The South led all regions in terms of hiring workers as a component of total employment in most recent statistics from, from the Labor Department. Now, for those who didn't resign, how has this impacted them at their job? Well, it's a twofold. It's a it's a blessing and a curse in some ways. They're loved and you know beloved because they are still there. Sometimes that manifests in terms of additional perks and additional compensation. So that can be the upside. The downside they're having to do an incredible amount of work for all the people who are no longer there. You know, you look in some of the sectors like hospitality and the people who are still there doing the banquets. They're making quite a bit more, and they got plenty of hours available to them. Unfortunately, they have to do an incredible amount of work to compensate for the people who aren't there doing the banquets. How long do you think this stuff is going to last for? Is this just going to be like a year long or just little spurts here and there? Come on, Mason. Let's get our crystal balls out, and we can <laughs> challenge each other. I don't think anybody knows. I mean, ultimately, it balances out, right? It's not going to be a forever thing. People don't have to say you know, we're always going to have a shortage of workers. The reality is that there's going to be more of this for a while. We know that not only because economic conditions are right, but because there's some social contagion going on. You know, the I quit thing is almost a badge of honor right now. Whereas in the old days, people would look at you and go, you quit. What's wrong with them? They probably are about to get fired. So the shift has certainly gone to the hashtag, you know, great resignation and people sharing their stories. And this will continue for a while. And I think we'll see it leveling out. I think, you know, some of these inflationary factors that we have in play right now are making it harder for people to really say, oh, geez, how long can I last with the money that I have as my nest egg? Will it buy me enough to keep me you know, out of the market for a while? You know, I find people who want to quit to be very brave because I remember being ingrained in me by my father that if you quit a job, you better have another one lined up the next day. And they told you. I mean, they told you not only that, that it, the easiest way to get another job is if you're employed, right? It's really yes. hard to find a job when you don't have one. So, so that all that's been built up for the last 20 years, and certainly, you know, it's changing. You know, it's from a global phenomena. Countries that have had a social net underneath them are not seeing the great resignation like we are in the United States. So Western kind of socialistic European countries are not seeing the same impact that we're seeing in the United States. But there are other parts of the world. Germany's definitely struggling right now to hire enough employees in their market. So I think some of this has to do with just how much cushion do I feel I have 
in order to take that risk. Yeah, when I was a child, I definitely lived check by check, moment by moment. I couldn't quit anything. It's uh, it's a privilege to be able to say, yes, I'll leave, right? And certainly you see in, in other parts of the world where they're not even talking about the Great Resignation, you know, in South America and countries, for example, people are just trying to find employment, just have been displaced from the market because job losses due to the pandemic. So for the U.S., what can companies do to retain their employees? Obviously, they're not happy. Yeah, I think it's it's always about understanding that money is just a part of the equation. You know, purpose, mastery, and autonomy. That's why people stay. And if you don't connect an individual's life purpose, why am I on this planet? What contribution can I make? How can I make the world a better place? If you don't connect your people to some vision that's meaningful real and meaningful, then you're going to have a hard time. They're going to churn. If it's just a matter of money, they'll churn for a quarter more. If you can get past the purpose hurdle, then it's really how do you help people grow and develop? People want to master the world around them. They want, they're curious, they're excited about taking on new challenges and and really accomplishing something so they feel self-efficacy. And then finally, you know, just this, uh, this autonomy. Give me some freedom in how I go about doing my job. Don't stand over me. Don't breathe down me. Don't look at me, you know, cross-eyed from your cubicle to mine. Give me some autonomy. And nowadays, that autonomy is often very physical in terms of space. Give me virtual a bit working environment, so I have autonomy of my lifestyle and my work. Now, beside a nest egg, what can people do if they're thinking of resigning? Is it something that they should just sit on, or is this something that they could just say, hell with it, I'm getting a new job? Well, there are a lot of people thinking about this. You know, Monster says that 95% of workers are currently considering changing their jobs. Now, of course, given what Monster does for a living, that statistic is not something that would really surprise me, right? But I think you have to kind of do an inventory of like, why am I doing this? I mean, is it because everybody else is and I'm just feeling, you know, fear of missing out? What do you really want? What is it that you want? Like, link down the things that you want and how far are you off of that from what you're doing in your current job? Can you negotiate your way to get more and more of the things that you absolutely need? If you really are going to do this, you might want to just start looking at what else is out in the universe. Unless you're going to be a solopreneur, an entrepreneur, you know, you want to just see what the market is and look at where you might find a fit in the areas that you want and make sure that you got a, a resume ready to go. Talk to everybody you know in the planet about what you love and are interested in so they can help you be aware of where you can network yourself into opportunities that fit your desires. That's really, I think, it. It's you don't want to jump off this bridge without a parachute. So you want to start building your parachute and packing it a little bit before you jump into the great yonder. Well, Joseph, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate you being here. And for those listening, where can they find more information about you? Oh, I am everywhere on the web. If you can spell my name, you can find me. It's josephmichelli.com. My Twitter handle's at josephmichelli, and the same is true for LinkedIn. This has been the Mason Vera Payne Show. Thanks for listening. Can't wait to hear more? Head to wgnradio.com for exclusive content by Mason. Also, follow Mason on Facebook and Twitter at Mason Vera Payne. That's all one word. And don't forget to share the show with your friends.